selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. How are you guys doing? Welcome. If you guys listen to the podcast over on Spotify and Apple and, and whatnot, it was not really my fault it was late yesterday. Apparently, AWS servers were down completely, so nothing could really get uploaded anywhere. Even the Uncut app was down. State Forum was down. There was a lot of places that we did. That's why it was uploaded late last night at like 7 p.m. So if you guys did not listen to that episode, pause this one real quick and go listen to that one because there was actually one uploaded. It was just really, really late yesterday. And it wasn't really my... I literally started uploading it at 9.30 a.m. And it didn't go live till 7. So that's a hell of a time difference. But I hope you guys are excited. We have Biden actually threw his sack up on the table towards towards Mr. Putin. Which was kind of something I, well, I kind of thought was going to happen, but I, did, I, I guess he was actually a little bit more like oomph about it. You know, he was like, oh. you guys are, you guys can't see what I'm doing right now because if you're listening, you just didn't understand that visual. So you just heard me make a weird noise. Anyway, Mr. Joe Biden, Mr. President himself, told Russian President Vladimir Putin on Tuesday that the United States is prepared to launch strong economic measures should, should Russia invade Ukraine signaling that these new measures would pack a bigger punch than the sanctions that they actually issued in 2014 that failed to stop Russia from occupying Crimea. You, they literally did nothing. Russia's like, oh, oh, those sanctions, f*** your sanctions. I'm just going to take this piece of land. And they did. During the last several months, Russia has actually erected several supply lines, including medical units and fuel, which could sustain a drawn-out conflict should Moscow choose to invade Ukraine. I'm actually not really... I'm not really sad. I, I kind of actually think they still might the way that this actually plays out because if they weren't scared of sanctions last time, I mean, we're never going to get in an armed conflict with them because it's not, it has nothing to do with us, but I don't really know if that's going to deter them. The administration still believes Putin has not made a decision on whether to launch a military offensive against Ukraine. They would need to provide additional defense material to the Ukrainians above and beyond that, which we are already providing. And we would for- fortify, <coughs> excuse me, And we would fortify our NATO allies on the eastern flank with additional capabilities in response to such escalation. The Russians actually apparently said this. Biden had emphasized the allegedly threatening nature of the movements of Russian troops near the Ukrainian border. It's not allegedly. They literally amassed 100,000 troops on the border. That's not allegedly. That's literally, you are. You are having a threatening nature. That's, I I love how people always try to play the 
convict him, especially large countries like this. Why would you try to play a victim? Everybody knows you have fucking 100,000 troops sitting at the border of a country that you're talking about. Eva- like, what are you talking about? Anyway, they said that it outlined sanctioned measures that the United States and its allies would be ready to apply in the event of a further escalation of the situation. In response, Vladimir Putin stressed that this res- the responsibility should not be shifted onto the shoulders of Russia since it is NATO that is making dangerous attempts to conquer Ukrainian territory and build up its military potential at our borders. That is fucking asinine. That is, there's the word of the day, asinine. That is so stupid. What is he talking about? We're not trying to take over Ukraine and build up its NATO forces. We're, we're literally not, nothing is going on. The only reason that we're having to do anything like that right now and how to help Ukraine is because of Russia's constant aggression on the border. What is he, what is he talking about? You can't, you can't cry wolf. You, you just can't do that when you're, you're sitting at the border doing this and the world knows. You're like, oh, you know what? It's not our fault. It's, it's the United States. Shut the f*** up, Russia. It's 100% your fault that this is happening. New sanctions against members of Putin's inner circle and the Russian energy producers and one potential nuclear option, which it doesn't state what that is, disconnecting Russia from SWIFT, an international payment system used by the banks around the world. So that's pretty much the idea there. Everybody, it's kind of funny. It's like, you know, this guy, Putin, big badass guy, used to be part of the KGB, going against Biden, who's been an officer for 50 years. And I'm giving Biden some, I told you guys, I'll give him credit when credit is due. This is credit. Good, good way to go. You actually, actually follow through with it, though. Hopefully the sanctions would be tough enough to, to make him not want to well, invade another country because that's going to cause us to get a little bit of Matter of fact, my buddy's actually sitting at the house right now. He came over last night. He was a part of, he was an SF. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to go into detail with that. I'm just going to stop right there. The guy speaks full-blown Russian and spent a lot of time in Ukraine. We're just gonna, I'm just going to say that and move on. So, House passes bill. I'm all for it. Look at this. Good job, guys. You guys are doing big things in your life. Way to go. Fucking Awesome. So the House of Representatives on Tuesday approved a 2022 National Defense Authorization Act that comes with a price tag of about $770 billion and the objective of countering Russia and China. So the Pentagon plans to purchase 17 F... Well, I don't don't, don't know what these look like. I don't know what they're capable of. They're just numbers to me. They're clearly fighters. But anyway, F-15EX fighters and 12 F-A-18EF Super Hornets. I know what those are, but I don't know what that F-15 is. From Boeing. The report pointed out the number of F-15s was higher than the Defense Department's requested in May. The bipartisan agreement prevents the Air Force from retiring the A-10 Thunderbolt II. A Senate provision blocks the military branch from retiring any Warthog next year, which is crazy. They've been talking about retiring these things since I was in service. And I'm going to tell you right now, the Warthog may seem outdated for like, it's not meant, it, the, the way the, I'm, I, I could put it, it's not meant to fight against another airplane. I'll tell you that much. It's not. It's meant to fight against ground forces, and it's absolutely phenomenal at doing that. I've seen it in action, and when you hear the burp go off, you, you, you smile and you cheer, because that is on your side. Anyway, the bill calls for a $4 billion to be earmarked for the European Deterrence Initiative, which aims to deter Russian aggression in Eastern Europe. So look at that. That's awesome. Look at that. Bipartisan. You got both parties agreeing on something, and I love it. The bill also earmarks $7.1 billion for the uh, Pacific Deterrence Initiative that focuses on countering China's aggression. Look at that. They're doing something decent with their life. The bill calls for a 2.7% increase in service members uh, raising them and includes reforms to the UCMJ, which UCMJ probably need to be well, probably reformed a little bit. They're giving a 2 2.7% pay increase for the military. Way to go. They're doing big things with their life. Ask backwards from what Obama did. Obama took the money away. I remember when I was in, at the end of it, end of, end of uh, Obama's term, I think it was probably like 13 or 12. It was like 13. I think it was 2013. Married men 
were having to pay for MREs. If we went into the field, we had to literally have pay deducted from our fucking, like, I'm not kidding, to pay for MREs. I, it was it was wild. So Biden's doing something. Look at that. So, every, so I know there's somebody on YouTube that's sitting here watching this video that has to approve it, quote unquote approve it. I don't know why, because they always get approved. But I know they have to. Uh, look, I don't always say bad things, but look at this. They're doing something good here. Way to go. Going against China and, and going against Russia, doing some doing some big things with their life. So at least we got that. I mean, that's good, right? But the A-10, I was going to tell you guys exactly what it is. Um, if you guys don't know, it's been around since forever. Yeah, it actually says since 2014, but it has a, I think it's one of the most badass things that we had. It fires a 30 millimeter armor piercing shell at a rate of 3,900 rounds per minute. You're talking a 30 millimeter cannon shooting 3,900 rounds per minute. When it goes off, you legitimately see it fly by. It goes just like that. And it just will explode shells in a very fast paced across the ground. And it is the coolest thing. You give them a grid coordinate and you laze it, whatever. And they come in and they work it pretty good. It's really cool to watch at night. It's like a fucking fireworks show in the tree line. All right. I'm done talking about that. Uh, a lot of people that are probably new to this channel, because you guys don't realize we've actually doubled our size over the last month or so, which is pretty good for YouTube with the channel. The size we doubled or so and especially when it comes to views, just on the everyday podcast is actually doubled as well, which I guess that's a good thing. But a lot of the people that are coming on probably have no idea what I've done in the military, which is good. So I get to talk about this because they're, they're probably thinking, holy shit, what is this guy talking about? I thought he was just a guy that's cracked out on coffee every morning, just having a good time talking about random stuff in the news. Anyway, next one. You ready for this? Pfizer. This is going to be a quick one. I don't like talking about this kind of stuff, but I'm going to make you guys happy or sad. I don't know which, which one it will. I have no idea. Anyway, booster dosage of the Pfizer vaccine appears to be providing strong protection against the new variant. Hmm, the company announced on Wednesday. That's probably why the stock market took a absolute skyrocketing bounce yesterday, which I think I probably said that on a, on a podcast that that's going to happen. Once it was tanking, what was it, last week? I was like, oh, it's tanking. But it's going to come out in the next week or so that the variant wasn't as bad as it was. And guess what? It did. And it's recouping literally almost all the losses that we took, which is good. It was a healthy little pullback. People got the, if you enter during those times, good for you. Way to go. I was actually telling one of my buddies to enter, and I think he didn't. So I'm going to send him a text this morning, actually, and fuck with him. Anyway, they said that lab study results actually show a third dose of the vaccine provides a similar level of neutralizing antibodies to Omicron, comparable to two doses against the original coronavirus and other variants that have emerged. So the crazy thing about this is blood samples from those who received only the primary series of the vaccine on average did see a 25-fold drop in antibodies against a new variant that may indicate that two doses of the vaccine may not be sufficient to protect against the infection with Omicron. Lab studies are only one piece of the puzzle. Other data are also needed to determine whether a new vaccine is needed. Scientists need to understand transmissible uh, rates with, with Omicron variant. So this is what's kind of crazy to me. Um, vaccine companies have already started to develop uh, an actual vaccine for this thing just for the, the new variant. And first vaccine, vaccination vaccines can be here in the next 100 days or so, depending on fe federal regulators approving it. But what's kind of crazy to me is, that, is as of today, as of looking at this, there's not been a single death from this variant yet. Not a single one. And everybody, I, I think I talked about this yesterday, or two days ago, matter of fact, they haven't seen anybody come in that's actually had any, like, you know, you guys know what Delta and all that, you, you're having breathing problems. My brother, my, my, my brother, my buddy actually had that. Connell had really bad breathing issues. It hit him real hard. 
But they're saying that with this one, there's no breathing issues. A bunch of the sore muscles and, and pains. It's like, you know, you get sick and your muscles hurt and you're kind of like body aches. That's what they said they've been having. But there hasn't been a single death yet from it, which is kind of crazy that they're already making it. I guess they're making it. This was as of two weeks ago. So maybe they're just preemptively getting overexcited. If, if we get a month down the road and it's not nearly as bad, the countries that closed down during the holidays, well, I, I'm not going to say they're not going to regret it because they have no idea what was going to be the end result. It's kind of like hindsight's 2020, you know, hindsight, you know, anyway. All right. So that's that with that. I'm done with that. Don't need to talk about that anymore. Oh, then we get to discuss, man, we get to discuss this stuff. Let's see here. What do we want to go with this one? NYC, 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 Chicago, LAP. Y'all, y'all probably already know where we're going with this. So bail reform, we already know. We were discussing this. I think we talked about this yesterday, probably the day before. And the day before. Just keep, something that we keep having to bring up. Anyway, a homeless man in New York City who was charged with beating a man last year was set free on bail reform. Allegedly beat two women and unprovoked tax uh, this month, only to be released yet again. Daryl Johnson, 23, has more than a dozen arrests dating back to 2014. He's 23. 2014 was what? How many years ago was that? Eight? Eight years ago. So this guy has been has, has literally been, been arrested over a dozen times in the last, what is that, 11 years? Or since he was 11 years old? Last year, he was charged with assault and harassment after allegedly beating a man about, uh, about the face with a closed fist multiple times in Harlem Building and then used his feet to kick and stomp the victim. He was released then without bail. He then allegedly beat two women in a provoked attack last Thursday morning in Manhattan in one of the attacks he left a 50-year-old woman, allegedly, just want to throw that out there, with a disfiguring laceration to her face in a violent, unprovoked tact. Three minutes later, he reportedly walked up to a 32-year-old woman, victim, on West 80th Street and punched her, causing redness and swelling. I'm going to say right now, this guy probably has a little bit of a mental problem. For one, he's homeless, and he's going around beating random people on unprovoked attacks, literally people that don't even know each other right here. But anyway, Johnson was actually taken to court on Friday over the attacks, but Manhattan prosecutors recommended he be released under supervised monitoring. The judge agreed with the recommendation. How in the world, I wanted to bring this up, how in the world do you supervise, how do you, how do you monitor a homeless man? The amount of resources that taxpayers are having to pay just to put monitoring on a homeless person so they're not beating random people in the street, that's kind of, why don't you just put them behind bars? We get it. They don't have money to pay for bail, but that's, that's, not, that's not the issue here. You, you literally have a homeless man walking around the streets that's knowingly and has a habitual, he's a habitual offender of going around and beating people in the face, leaving literally lacerations. Like, what, what is going on there in New York? Keeps on going, though. This was actually a couple weeks back, but it's now just come to light. Two New York City police officers were actually shot by a career cr- criminal suspect, which Mayor Bill de Blasio actually pinned on there being too many guns out there. <sighs> so goofy. Pinning it on too many guns out there. Yeah, there might be a lot of guns, but you need to crack down on crime. You wouldn't have as many issues. Texas has a lot of guns. We have a lot of guns. Florida, a lot of guns. We crack down on crime pretty hard here. We don't have these bell reform things going on where we just let people out for no reason. Granted, some people do get let out, but they're having to pay some sort of price. Commissioner Dermot Shea said the shooting was carried out by a criminal with far too many arrests still on the streets in New York City. There's to just prove my point by reading that. 
What we know about this farm is that a report is stolen last year in Georgia, obviously made its way as far many two as far many guns do actually up to New York City and causing carnage on the streets. There are too many guns on the streets in New York, but noted that the problem is due to criminals being unafraid to carry the firearms. That is the truth. See, I love it when the people of actually law enforcement have to say something. You have people like Mayor de Blasio, who has actually done nothing in law enforcement or nothing in the military, nothing like that, coming out. And the only thing he cares about is political stance getting reelected and making his voters happy, appealing to the the, the, the fucking people that actually voted him. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's the gun's fault. No, it's a fucking fact that you're not stiff and hard on crime. You got to have a hard on for crime. I love how I put that in there on accident, but you got to have a hard, you know, you got to be stiff on it. <laughs> so, so many little sexual innuendos. <laughs> anyway, but, but, perhaps, but perps aren't afraid to carry them. He said they're not afraid, but they actually just put them in the belt, put them in their pocket, and pull it out on police officers. That's the problem. One of the officers, a female who has been on the force for about a year, was struck twice in the upper arm. She returned fire and shot the suspect. She's expected to survive. What a badass. Gets shot twice and then shoots the, uh, the perp three times. Look at her. Her partner, a male officer with eight years on service, was shot in the armpit. He is also expected to survive. The unidentified suspect was shot a total of three times and was in surgery. That's that's how I liked it. You know, before we, we get on with that, I got a little piece for y'all. So before we move out of New York, I just want to say right now, someone, another homeless man apparently, torched the Fox News tree that's like a 50-foot tall tree. His name is Craig Tamamanana. Anyway, that gentleman right there, he climbed a 50-foot tall tree, which is just outside of Fox News Station. Don't know why he did this. They arrived on scene, officers did, and saw him running away from the location. They took him into custody before filing charges, including criminal mischief, reckless endangerment, and arson. He's 49 years old and said to be homeless and last known address was in Brooklyn. He literally climbed a 50-foot tree, used some type of, I don't know, accelerant, and lit a tree on fire. Thought that was kind of goofy. Thought I'd share with you guys. But now we're going to bounce over to Chicago. A 71-year-old Chicago man was shot dead in what appears to be a random shooting carried out in broad daylight of ele- just in front of an elementary school. I actually saw this video. I watched it. They have it on, on, on Fox. They actually have the actual video. I'm not going to show the video on YouTube because it, it is what it is. It shows a man literally getting out of his car in broad daylight and shooting a 71-year-old man. He first initially shoots him from the car, and then the man falls on the ground, and then he walks up to him and shoots him execution style. Chicago. In front of an elementary school, just so everybody's aware. The man was on his way back to pick up from a newspaper from a local store in Chicago's Chinatown when a car pulled up next to him at about 12.30 p.m. The suspect opened fire, like I told you guys, from inside the car, then got out and continued to shoot at the victim. Uh, and then he just got in his car and drove away. I, I watched the entire thing. You can go watch it online. I'm not going to show you. They actually got a person of interest in for questioning. And the suspect is described to be a male in his 20s who has a criminal record. And apparently the shooting is random. He didn't even know the person. The shooting follows a violent weekend again in Chicago. A city bus driver was hospitalized following beating, uh, being beaten on, on the street Saturday. A 15-year-old was shot in the arm. Dozens of young people flooded. The loop fights broke out. Police made 21 arrests of use, and two police officers were injured. Chicago, why do people live there? Why do you guys stay there? You know you can hop in your car and get out of there. You can sell everything, hop on a flight, just leave. High taxes. Get out of the city. Go somewhere else. Actually, I'm saying that. I'm sure there's some of y'all listening to this that are in Illinois that are probably saying, no, stay in the city. Don't leave and come out. Because if you guys have been outside of Chicago, just Illinois in general is like farmland. It's just farms. So, I mean, it's a, 
there's other stuff out there, but there's a lot of farms, like a lot of corn, a lot of farm, giant deer. I thought this one was kind of crazy too. I know I was sitting here talking about police departments and stuff. It's just one of the kind of things that keeps popping up. There's tons of news about it. And I just kind of sifted through them and wanted to tell, tell you about the main cities, I guess. LAPD. This one's kind of crazy too. If you guys decided, I actually have to go to, matter of fact, I have to go to LA next weekend or just outside of LA. So lucky me. Go visit family again for a couple days. The head of LA police department's union to warn tourists away. My message to anyone thinking about coming to LA, especially during the holiday season is don't, we can't guarantee your safety. It is really, really out of control. I said it to the people before. It's like the movie purge, you know, instead of 24 hours to commit your crime, these people have 365 days to commit whatever they want. It's like, they almost have like a little bit of a power struggle over there at LA. They have literally the police commissioner. Excuse me. Let me make sure I get this correct. Jamie McBride is the head of the LA Police Protective League, the union that represents the LAPD officers. This is coming directly from her. So you have the chief of the LAPD unions. It's, it's literally like saying the opposite of what the politicians in, in, the, in LA is. I mean, like think about it. Who are you going to trust, the cops or a politician? I guess it depends on who you ask. I mean, some people would say politician and some would say, oh, cops are crooked. So I don't know. It's this lady named Sarah... Veenstra actually moved to LA from Wisconsin about six months ago. She said it's pretty scary walking at night. She said she didn't realize crime and safety would be an issue. But rampant crime continues. Some of the ladies' victims were hit at the downtown Intercontinental Hotel where armed robbers stole an estimated 100000 in jewelry on Tuesday morning. It's like living in a Netflix series in, in, in LA right now. Batman. Yeah, it's, it's actually Batman. All right, we're done with the cop stuff. Let's move on to border. Listen to this. Rio Grande Border Patrol. They are enjoying themselves. One sector on the southern border has seen more than 100,000 illegal encounters since October 1st, which is a 163% increase from the same period of last year, which is kind of crazy because who was in office the same period of last year? Who is in office now? Now you have a 163% increase. What do you think this is random? The Rio Grande Valley sector saw 2,284 illegal encounters within 24 hours. Similar numbers emerged in November with at least 262 making it Past overwhelmed age, uh, it, it, it passed the overwhelmed agents in that sector. Overall, illegal encounters have reached 101, 808, 101,808 since October 1st, with more than 9,500 getaways. Last week, the Biden administration said it would reinstate Trump's controversial migrant pro- protection protocols. As we all know, it's just called the Remain in Mexico policy, is pretty much what it is. And that's definitely something Biden administration didn't want to do, but they're being forced to literally do it because there's an overwhelming well, issue at the border, which Arizona is having to deal with it right now. Arizona's Republican governor actually plans to deploy National Guard personnel to strategize with Border Patrol against uh, officials after thousands of migrants rushed the state border of Mexico in the recent days. They're literally, since they enforced this Remain in Mexico thing down here in Texas, they just did like an about face, or I guess you would say like a, I don't know, kind of reminds me of like, you know, when the quarterback drops out or drops back to, to throw a pass and, uh, Wide receiver, excuse me, the uh, running back goes out to the flat. That's pretty much what they did. Terrible analogy, but hopefully some of you guys visualized it like I had. I didn't say that correctly. Anyway, moving on. In Yuma, Arizona, said an estimated 5,000 migrants attempted to enter the, the, the area on Sunday. Another 1,500 tried to enter Yuma on Monday. There just aren't enough agents to handle the, the, the calls coming into 911 about migrants. One Border Patrol agent said 
Ducey asserted Tuesday the aspects of remain in Mexico that were helping Texas control its border were pushing more migrants towards Arizona, and the National Guard would be sending 24 Guards members, six vehicles, four all-terrain vehicles, and one light utility helicopter to Yuma region to help control the border in that area. And initially, I thought that wasn't enough people. Then I realized they were just talking about one little area of the entire border. While Ducey was speaking, this is kind of funny, by the way. I actually watched this video. This is also online. Cameras covering the news conference caught images of nearly a dozen migrants, literally, excuse me, immigrants trying to cross into Arizona. I watched this video and it's really kind of awkward. He's literally giving a speech. Like imagine giving a news conference speech and you have a bunch of people around you, cameras playing. And then in the background, you have legitimately like a dozen people cross the border through this open fence and they just stand there behind you because they clearly aren't speaking. They don't speak any English and they're just standing like, what the f*** is going on? Why is there news cameras here? And they just stand there and then they sit down on the rocks. But they all have masks on. And we'll, we'll give them the props. They walked across Mexico border with the mask. All right, so this final one, they're doing the Duante uh, rights. Uh, they're just starting that whole uh, thing with Kim Potter this week. I, b- I believe they just did their opening statements today or yesterday. I can't recall. Um, I haven't really paid too much attention to it because at the beginning I thought it was just a another one of the, the same things that had happened a f- multiple times last year. It was just an, an incident that, I don't know, it did the, the the mainstream medium just took and ran with it and tried to make it seem worse than what it was. So I actually never looked into it. Never did. I didn't I didn't really care to. It's not because he was a person of color or was a cop that was doing it. I had nothing to do with that. I just you just couldn't trust the media like at all. You just can't really trust exactly what they say. And so and this one just came out and I and I kinda wanted to read through it. If you guys didn't know, Miss Miss Kim Potter, she actually shot Duante Wright in his car. On accident, after she said taser, 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 she was gonna. She she wanted to pull her taser out and shoot him, non lethally, but she didn't. She shot him in the chest, or shot him one time. Excuse me, with her pistol. She she pulled the wrong one. Normally, if you're right-handed, your pistol's on your right, your your dominant side, and then your taser's on your non-dominant. So she just grabbed the wrong one. I don't know if it was a fight or flight thing. No idea. I I don't know. Anyway, I'm gonna read this. It's her her trial starts. Okay, now. I don't, I didn't, like I said, I knew any research on this gentleman. I didn't know anything of his past. Didn't really care. I just know that it was an accidental shooting, that it is what it is. Sometimes that kind of stuff does happen. You know, I mean, humans are humans. They make mistakes. Okay. So I didn't really, I didn't want to get too much into it. So now, but now it's coming up. So I said, you know what? I'm going to click on it and take some, take some reading. So there's a fortified police station in Brooklyn center. Someone installed the letters, spell that Duante right in all caps on the barricade outside. That's erected around the perimeter. And I'm not kidding. I, 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 there's a picture. If you guys are watching the YouTube channel, you guys can actually see the picture here. And that police station does not look like the ones down here in Texas. It is got multiple fences that are around. It just looks like that shouldn't have to be a thing. And this is why I don't enjoy the media that much is because they've made it to where people are literally doing this and are having that much aggression towards police that they have to put a barrier between themselves and the, I could not imagine being a police officer up there. Anyway, Right before his death, and that's Duante Wright, by the way, uh, left behind a trail of victims whose lives he upended with gun violence of his own. See, I didn't know any of this. So when I read this, I was like, oh, God, I didn't know this. Did you know this? See, my camera guy didn't even know this. I didn't do any research on it, and I don't think it's talked about ever. So I, don't, I know that they're not talking about it really much anywhere. So Wright's victims, the victims, said that they would prefer that he would have faced consequences for his actions in a court of law while ar- also arguing... That his own decision in attempting to flee a lawful traffic stop contributed in part to his shooting death on April 11th of last year. Caleb Livingston. So I didn't know any of this. I didn't know this. I want everybody to realize that. This gentleman had a little bit of a criminal history. 
Caleb Livingston was a 16-year-old when Wright, or he was 16-year-old, excuse me, when, when Wright allegedly shot him in the head at a full-stop gas station in Minneapolis uh, on Lowry Avenue. Initially, doctors told Caleb's mother that he wouldn't survive surgery after the attack. He pulled through, but he can't walk and or talk. He suffers from unresponsive wakefulness syndrome and recovers around-the-clock assistance. I have no, I had no idea that Duante Wright had shot somebody in the head, allegedly. I had no idea. Did you? I didn't know he had this kind of rap sheet whatsoever. Okay, let's move on. I pray for everybody involved because that's, there's a loss of life. This is Livingston's mother from the, the, the kid that was shot in the head. I know that Wright's parents are going through because I almost lost my son. Now, Wright, now who Wright was before he was killed, it is what it is. That's what she said. So in December 2019, Wright and a friend, MAJ Driver, stayed over at a young woman's apartment after a night of drinking and smoking pot. The following morning, after Driver saw her slip 820 to her bra, Wright allegedly pulled out a handgun, choked her twice, and tried to rob her. After an ensuing struggle, Wright and Driver left empty-handed, unbeknownst to the victim who believed that they had taken her hard-earned cash. She called 911 and found it still to be tucked away within her torn clothes. A video attained earlier this year shows Wright playing with a handgun in her bathroom moments before he attempted to rob her. He recorded it himself, and police seized it from his phone. See, I didn't know any of this. I had no idea any of this. Driver and acquaintance of the victim from school took a plea deal in the robbery case in December 2020. According to the court documents, Wright died before his case went to trial. So three weeks before his deadly encounter with Potter, Wright and an accomplice allegedly shot former classmate Joshua Hodges in the leg and stole his car. According to the lawsuit, this accomplice's bullet allegedly broke his uh, fibula, excuse me, struck an artery and left permanent damage. Wright was accidentally killed by Brooklyn Center police officer April 11, 2021 approximately three weeks after his crimes against Hodges, the civil uh, complaint reads. After that accidental death, a false narrative began establishing Wright as a young person that the young people looked up to when, in fact, warrant was in place for his violations of law, bond for past crime. He previously chosen a life of crime. Wright was also an alleged gang member who was also accused of waving a black handgun near a Minneapolis intersection before ditching it and fleeing on foot, eluding responder, uh, responding officers when a police pulled him over in April. They found he had an active warrant in that incident and attempted to arrest him. Body cam shows the officer later identified as trainee under the Potter's guidance, struggling and failing to apprehend Wright, who slipped back into the driver's seat. Potter shouted, like I said, taser multiple times, but drew her handgun, firing a single shot into Wright from just a few inches away. The car drew forward, crashed on the road, Wright died, and his girlfriend was injured. So, this goes back to what I've, I think I've said in multiple episodes. If the cops are trying to arrest you, or trying to do anything, or just ask you to do anything, or detain you, or just anything, like, you should probably listen to him. Like, if he just would have listened, granted, he does have a, a rap sheet of, of doing bad things. He probably just wasn't raised right or got the wrong friends. It's unfortunate. Like I always say, music, I think, actually influences the youth much more than people actually realize. It's kind of like I think social media is terrible for the youth. I think it really is. I think Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all this, I think it actually, I think it just kills the younger generation, and like, especially females, with their looks, they always have to be appealing to Instagram and, and whatnot. Like they, I don't know, it's very strange. I think it's not good for the mental health. Anyway, this kind of just gentleman, I kind of feel bad for him in a sense because he probably wasn't raised right. I don't, I've known nothing about his family. Probably got around the wrong friends. Uh, the youth is very easily manipulated by music in their surroundings. And I kind of, in a sense, I mean, he did make his decisions himself, but if he just would have listened, to police and just would have like when he pulled his other put him under arrest instead of resisting arrest and trying to drive away this would have never happened granted 
uh, Potter, the police officer, I will say that I don't know if she was in fight or flight mode. She'd been doing this for 14 or 15 years. I can't recall. It was, she's been doing, no, I think it was actually longer. I think it was like 25 years. Matter of fact, she's been doing this for quite a long time. A gentleman named Sean Henderson, who teaches the use of force in Washington, uh, said the only way he could wrap his head around Potter confusing a taser for a gun is she underwent cognitive overload. He defined this overload as a brain going into fight or flight mode, driving the behavior or individual. I don't know. You know, a situation happens so fast, it's kind of hard to be put inside of the police officer and or individual's shoes at that point. We're always looking at stuff from the outside, looking in from like a, like a, literally a different perspective. So it's easier to say after the fact, oh, I would have done that. When in fact, you have no idea what you would have done because you don't, you've never been in that situation. You know, when a person with clearly tons of criminal history is trying to flee you or reach for something in their car or do anything like that. I'm just talking about not just about, but this person, but just scenarios. You have no idea what's going on in that person's mind that's in the car or the police officer's mind. Like they, police officers have to make such fast, non knee jerky type of decisions within like seconds. It's either their life a lot of times or this person's life. And, and you got to realize these police officers, I don't know why I'm using my thumb as a cop, but they have to make so many decisions on a daily basis over a year span. And we may just judge them on one decision they make over. Like, you know what I mean? Like we always forget about the, the, the tons and tons and tons and tons of interactions they have prior to that. They're all still human. You know, I'm not saying that this is, this is a bad thing that has happened, but when you're looking at it from the outside, looking in Duante Wright has had a ton of criminal history, like a ton and this cop was going into the situation knowing he has a ton of his history and a warrant out for his arrest. It, like People never look at it that perspective. They just look at it from the perspective of it's a, it's a black man that was killed by a white cop. That's the only perspective they pushed. And that's the reason why I never even looked into it because I was just like, it's another one of those agendas that's being pushed that I just, I just you know what, I'm just going to wait till it starts coming out. And there you go. <sighs> it is unfortunate, but I... I it is what it is. You know, I mean, that's, that's literally what one of the victim's mother said. It is what it is. Can't change it at this point. So hope you guys have enjoyed this video over here and this episode. I will catch you guys tomorrow on another episode of Speak the Truth. I'm going to go get me some eggs and bacon, and I'm out of here. See y'all. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today.